With spring right around the corner, maybe you like me, you're excited to get out for longer walks and runs, pick up a new book to read outside, or just get out and explore new neighborhoods and food. Or we could do all three wrapped in one. Our friends over at Read and Run Chicago are expanding to nearby Lamont for three different meetups. The group is like a combination running club, book club, and neighborhood tour, and each route in Lamont is about three miles paired with a different book from Pat Camaliere's Corotazi Historical Mystery Series. Afterwards, you'll get to sit down with the author and historian and sample some food from local restaurants. The first run is Saturday, March 23rd. Spots are limited and are going to go fast. So register now at readandrunchicago.com or find the link on their Instagram at readandrunchicago. Today on City Cash Chicago, Mayor Brandy Johnson is now on the clock to make one of the most important hires of his term, the role of Chicago Police Superintendent. Last week, the city's new Civilian Police Oversight Commission selected three finalists for Johnson to choose from. Sam Charles covers the police department for the Tribune. He's here to tell us about who's on the short list and why this decision is so critical for Chicago. It's Monday, July 17th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is what Chicago's talking about. Sam, welcome to CityCast. Jacoby, how are you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm doing well. I appreciate you being here with us. Uh, Before we get into the individual finalists, can you remind us why does it matter who's leading the police department? For the last few, it feels like it's a job you get just to ultimately get fired. In many ways, the job of Chicago police superintendent is similar to that of, say, a professional coach in the National Football League. It's one of those jobs where you're here for as long as you can hold it down, basically. But, you know, in a city like ours, Chicago, Public safety is top of mind for, I would argue, the vast majority of citizens, especially now in recent years since the release of the Laquan McDonald shooting video in 2015. Since then, the Illinois Attorney General's office brought a federal lawsuit against the city that locked the police department into a federal consent decree that mandates a series of sweeping reforms. So, as we all know, Mayor Brandon Johnson sworn in earlier this summer after he was uh, inaugurated. He selected former chief of patrol for the police department, Fred Waller, to serve as the interim superintendent as this new commission. And they didn't apply to be uh, the full time uh, superintendent. They didn't seem like they wanted this job long term. Correct. Fred Waller said early on that he did not apply for the job permanently. He's here again just as a in an interim capacity to kind of, you know, keep a familiar steady hand on the wheel as this new commission, the the Community Commission for Public Safety and Accountability conducted this nationwide search to find three candidates uh, that Mayor Johnson could select from to become the next superintendent of police pending full approval by the city council. Mm-hmm. So, so that kind of brings us where we are now. We have, you know, two people who are from within CPD, including Deputy Chief Larry Snelling. You got Commander Angel Novales. And then you have Sean Burns, who's currently the police chief in Madison, Wisconsin. Let's start with, with Larry Snelling. Can you tell us a little bit about this person? Yes. Uh, Larry Snelling is the chief of the Bureau of Counterterrorism, which is a uh, about roughly 1,200 or so officers working directly 
under his command that includes officers in narcotics investigations and gang investigations, as well as SWAT team operations here in the city. Uh, prior to becoming the chief of the Bureau of Counterterrorism, Snelling was the commander in the Englewood district uh, down on the south side. He was there during the very fraught summer of 2020 when you know cities across the country were gripped by civil unrest in the wake of the murder of George Floyd by a police officer in Minneapolis. Snelling was leading the Englewood district at, the, at that time. Prior to that, he was a lieutenant also in Englewood, and he's also spent a long time as a uh, training officer in the police department's training academy where he specializes in use of force training. He's widely considered the department's uh, kind of preeminent expert on use of force. He was called to testify in uh, police board hearings as well as criminal proceedings that were uh, initiated by the Laquan McDonald shooting. He has testified more than two dozen times about the way officers should conduct themselves in use of force situations, the importance of accurately documenting everything that happens in an incident within police incident reports, uh, really focusing on how important it is to get everything right. He kind of fits the, the, the bill as far as what residents wanted in terms of someone from within the department. And that same can be said for another one of the three finalists, Angel Navales. He is currently the chief of the Office of Constitutional Policing and Reform. He, he looms large in the police department's um, reform efforts. He's kind of on the front lines of helping the police department shape and develop policies that will adhere to the requirements set forth in the consent decree. It also should be said, um, so far, those reform efforts have been slow. When I'm listening to both of these first two candidates, you know, when you talk of Larry Snelling, someone who was, you know, uh, in a leadership position when, you know, the Chicago Police Department was heavily scrutinized, rightfully so, for their use of force during the 2020 protests. Um, and it's similar to Novales, somebody who is overseeing, staying timely with the consent decree, somebody who is trying to oversee community policing, which remains, um, you know, a, a sour spot for the department. You know, how do these first two candidates respond to the scrutiny of some of the efforts they're leading? You know, it, 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 this might not be the most satisfying answer, but I think that we're still waiting to see the fruits of all these labors. You know, like we don't necessarily know yet how the police department is going to look when these reforms are fully implemented and, you know, part of the day to day operations of the CPD. You know, the, the consent decree contains more than 500 items as far as like reform goals. There's more than 500 items that the CPD has to adhere to at the end of this. And that, like, there are three ways that the independent monitoring team gauges the police department's adherence to these. There's preliminary compliance, there's secondary compliance, and then there's um, full compliance. Basically what that means is preliminary means that you have a policy in writing. Secondary means that you've developed a training procedure for that policy. And Full compliance means that it is actively part of the day-to-day -day operations of the department. So at last check, less than two weeks ago, the independent monitoring team said that after four years of being under this consent decree, the CPD is only in full compliance with 5% of measurable paragraphs contained in the consent decree. And that's the same rate that it was at six months prior at the last check-in. Reform has been slow. Implementation has been slow. And like the, the, there are many reasons for that. Former Superintendent Brown 
last year fired the civilian executive director of the Constitutional Policing and Reform Office. After that director, his name was Robert Boyk, he protested a plan by Brown to remove several dozen officers from the Reform Office and put them back into the patrol division, the officers in uniform and Mark squad cars performing their patrol duties. So the office itself has been scrutinized for not being properly staffed. So that, but that's been a big factor in as far as why the policy implementation has been slow so far. Yeah, and, and again, who, whoever this um, superintendent ultimately is, is going to have to uh, sort of make decisions around that. And you, you, you mentioned former superintendent David Brown, who essentially was an outsider. It led the department in Dallas and, and was hired under uh, former Mayor Lori Lightfoot. And in a similar position, you have Sean Barnes, who is also an outsider coming in from Madison. People can listen to CityCast Madison, who has done a story on him as well. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about Sean Barnes, who essentially, from what I'm hearing, probably faces the like the most uphill battle in terms of getting this position? He's the chief of police in Madison, Wisconsin, a city that last year saw, I think, half a dozen murders, which is, you know, like like the, the violent crime between Chicago and Madison, Wisconsin are on totally opposite ends of the spectrum. That said, prior to him being named the chief of police in Madison, Barnes was a um, he was a supervisor in the civilian office of police accountability, which is the civilian office here in Chicago that investigates use of force incidents by Chicago police officers. He, so he's, he's familiar with the city's police oversight ecosystem. Prior to that, he was also uh, a supervising police officer in a couple of different police departments in North Carolina. He also has a PhD uh, of the three finalists. He is the one with like the fewest direct connections to Chicago, to the police department. So like uh, earlier this summer, the, the commission hosted seven uh, public forums across the city. And so there were hundreds of speakers over the course of these seven meetings that lasted several hours, again, all over town. And one, and I, I attended all of them. And one thing that really rang true across all these meetings was most folks want the next leader of the police department to be someone from within the ranks. That's not to say that someone not from not from within the CPD could lead it effectively. People wanted to see somebody who had been working long term inside of the Chicago Police Department. However, that does not necessarily preclude him from knowing how to lead a police department. I mean, he clearly mm-hmm. can. He's the, he's the chief in Madison. And, you know, there the, are the, the, the outside observers who would argue that being an outsider with fewer direct connections to the institution can be an advantage. You can come to it with clear eyes without any preconceived notions with, you know, kind of a more focused, sober, less, um, I guess, emotional connection to, to a place, to a department, to an entity. So like, like that there are, you know, positives that can be gleaned from his not being from within the CPD itself. City of Chicago Department of Business Affairs and Consumer Protection offers a free entrepreneur certificate program for future and current business owners in Chicago. 
Participants must complete six webinars within six months in designated webinar categories. Graduates are eligible to apply for the CIBC Bank USA Entrepreneur Loan Program, a bank partner with BACP. The longstanding program was created to support startup or early stage small businesses, gain entrepreneur training with important working capital. Since the program launched, more than 1,000 Chicago entrepreneurs and business owners have successfully completed the program. Completing the process is as easy as one, two, three. Number one, register by signing up at chicago.gov slash BACP certificate. Number two, attend six webinars by registering for upcoming webinars at chicago.gov slash BACP webinars. And number three, graduate from the program and you'll receive your digital certificate and information on connecting with CIBC Bank USA. To learn more about the BACP Entrepreneur Certificate Program, please visit chicago.gov slash BACP certificate. And now Mayor Brandon Johnson has 30 days to either choose from these finalists or order the commission to start the search all over again. What has Johnson said so far about what he's looking for in a new police superintendent? Earlier on in his tenure as mayor and even before that, Johnson and those close to him have really harped on the need for a focus on constitutional policing and community engagement and rebuilding trust between police officers and communities of color here in the city, which more often than not bear the brunt of gun violence, of poverty, of lack of economic opportunity. You know, all these factors, they tie into each other. And simultaneously over policing. Yes. Right. And like, these are issues that are decades and decades and decades old in the making. And like, I think it's unfair for anyone to expect a single superintendent of police to solve all these societal ills that have been baked in again for generations. So I think it's important to kind of couch expectations because Mm -hmm. like it's unreasonable, I think to expect a single leader of the police department to radically change the way that Chicago looks and feels and operates by themselves. However, they can impact day-to-day policy in a very real way. You know, which officers are assigned where? What's the priority here? Like, how do we, you know, change our uh, patrol operations, our patrol strategies, our, you know, just the, the way that officers are sent out and like, what's the priority here? And and with more police oversight with the, the commission, with the district councils, what is that ongoing relationship going to look like? Is there any likelihood that Johnson would make the commission start over? I mean, anything is possible. It's it's mm-hmm. not out of the realm of possibility. I, I have honest with you, I have a hard time imagining that that would happen. Truthfully, I think that a lot of time a lot of effort has been put into this process already, like months. And like this has been this has been going on for months. So I, you know, from where I'm sitting, I have a hard time thinking that yeah. this process is going to start all over again. You were in the building when they announced the three finalists. What was the atmosphere like? Were there any surprises when you were in the room? You know, it was at uh, Kennedy King College in Englewood. Mm-hmm. I would say that there were about close to a hundred people who showed up to, to to hear it, along with the the members of the commission. Um, Prior to the three finalists being announced, there was a public comment period. And among the speakers was John Catanzara, the president of the Fraternal Order of Police local office that represents rank and file CPD officers, detectives, and retirees. He really 
went out of his way to commend the commission for the way that it's handled the search process. You know, it's mm. important to remember that John Catanzara I was like, was he a, fought this, the creation of this from the, the inception. He was a regular sparring partner with mayor, former mayor Lightfoot and former superintendent Brown. Um, and he was pretty effusive in his praise of the way that the commission has handled the search process. He said that he felt though as though his membership was really involved and engaged in the process. The community members have similar glowing responses about the process. I think, I mean, well, this process is new for everybody. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's kind of hard to, to, to gauge that so far. It, you know, it's important to remember that in, in years past and in searches past this, the search was handled largely by the police board, which, you know, in, which used to be nine people all appointed by the mayor. So it's not, it, it's not difficult to understand that the, whoever the mayor wanted, the police board was going to make a finalist, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it's not too tough to kind of make that connection, but this year or this search rather has been different. It's been extremely public facing, extremely engaging. People may have gripes about how the process has worked up to this point, but I think that it's fair to say that the commission has gone out of its way to make itself available to the public itself. Yeah. How different has this selection process been compared to past administrations in, in the way things are usually done? Well, there's been a there's, there's been a focus on the idea of independence. You know, l- last night, one of the public speakers uh, before the finalists were announced, one of the public speakers asked uh, Anthony Driver and the commission basically like who they were loyal to. Were they loyal to, I believe, the Constitution or were they loyal to the administration? And Driver flatly said that he's loyal to the city. You know, he's not here to carry water for any particular political candidate or any single single special interest group or anything like that. Independence has been the hallmark of the commission up to this point. Our finalists are Commander Angel Novales, uh, Deputy Chief Larry Snelling, and the current police chief in Madison, Sean Barnes. Uh, this was the first major task of the new Community Commission on Public Safety and Accountability. Do you think between this mayor, this process, that we'll see a fundamentally different kind of police leader than than we've seen in the past? I think that's tough to say. I mean, I, we don't know. I mean, it, frankly, it, it's really tough to tell right now because so many things factor into how a police chief is received and, and how they are evaluated. You know, he, you know, we're, we're in the city that logs more homicides than any other city in the country. And so if, you know, we go through the summer and violence trends up, there's going to be more intense scrutiny than if it were the opposite. However, you know, again, I don't think it's necessarily fair for anyone to expect a single leader of any police department to be the the one who brings about systematic change all on their own. Um, it, it it really seems that, you know, based on the, the reporting that's out there, that the three finalists during their interviews were all exhibiting a lot of humility and kind of discussing ways in which we, we being the Chicago police department can improve and move, move forward and be more engaging with the community and more effective in their crime fighting and crime prevention strategies. So much of the conversation trends towards 
number of murders and 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 trends of of you know violent crimes but the conversation in organizing spaces in mayor johnson's administration is trending towards more substantive narrative shifting conversations mm-hmm. about how do we address this at multiple levels do these candidates seem available you know you know even encouraged to have these conversations in a way that is more than just ticking numbers on a city murder count. Sure. Sure. I mean, I don't mean to be reductive Mm -hmm. in, in discussing, you know, sheer numbers for sure. But you know, it's, it's the clearest way to, 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 to gauge how things are going, you know, on a district by district or citywide level. So, I don't know if any serious uh, leader in law enforcement believes that you can arrest your way out of a violent crime crisis such as the one that Chicago has been in for forever. I think that like the ideas of, you know, let's just lock everybody up and, you know, clear the corner and, you know, let's suppress crime that way. I mean, there are some strategies like that still that are still employed. But I do think that there is a greater desire and a, and, and a hope that um, more intervention-like uh, strategies can be expanded going forward. Um, you know, there, there, there's a div- diversion program that's been heavily utilized out on, on the West Side, especially in recent years, that aims to, instead of uh, arresting people for low-level, say, narcotics possession offenses, to divert them into, you know, addiction treatment services instead. Is that the 911 alternative? This is, uh, it, it's in the same vein, but slightly different. This is more based on, uh, for those struggling with narcotics addiction, as opposed to those ex- ex- experiencing, say, a mental health crisis at the time. Like, th- th- those are two programs that have started to gain traction in recent years, though they're you know, far from being employed on a citywide level still. But, you know, like these things are in motion. These ideas are out there and these processes and these policies have been put forth already. It's, I think, a matter of how much time and effort and money do we want to invest in these strategies going forward. Sam Charles covers the police department for the Tribune. I appreciate you sitting down with us today to break down these three finalists for police superintendent. Uh, The clock is on and we will see uh, how this process wraps up. Jacoby, thank you for having me. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. Northwestern University has fired head baseball coach Jim Foster after an investigation revealed Foster engaged in bullying and abusive behavior with both players and staff members. There will be three public roundtables at City Colleges this week where you can weigh in on the city's budget process. The first one is tomorrow at Malcolm X College, then Thursday at Kennedy King, then Saturday at Truman. Paul Chicago has opened its first and only mobile vet clinic on the south side. The clinic will offer free pet care in Inglewood, West Inglewood, Woodlawn, and back of the yards. There's some good news. 
Shoes. Roger Sparks Taco Crawl begins Thursday on Clark Street between 2E and Devon Avenue. You can grab tickets to enjoy 14 of the neighborhood's tastiest restaurants. You can check the show notes for ticket links. As always, we appreciate you for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our daily newsletter, Hey Chicago, at chicago.citycast.fm. For the next few days, we're talking everything block clubs, block parties, and the Silver Rooms Bash on the beach. Please send along your favorite block party memories. Whether you grew up in Chicago or you got one on your block, let us know at 773-780-0246. Leave your name, your neighborhood, and your block party memories. I'm going to talk to y'all bright and early tomorrow. Peace.